Our lesson from God's Word for our sermon today is from the Old Testament, from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 33. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, When I bring a sword against the land, and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people, then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, their blood will be on their own head. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood will be on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have saved themselves. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not do so, They will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Son of man, say to the Israelites, This is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? This is God's word. Dear friends of Jesus, after the awful wildfires in Maui last month, people have been looking for someone to blame. Of course, there's all sorts of opinions about who's at fault, but there seems to be one real problem that's been identified. Have you heard what it is? No one sounded the alarm. Apparently, Maui has a very robust alarm system, especially for tsunamis that they have there. And yet, as these wildfires raged across the island, nobody sounded the alarm. And so people are angry and frustrated, and the person who's the head of the alarm system has resigned. Somebody should have sounded the alarm. That's what God talks to us about about today. About watchmen about sounding the alarm. In ancient times, a a city would have had a big stone wall around it. Some people actually lived inside the city, but most people lived in the countryside. And so it was important at that city to have watchmen on the walls. And when the watchmen would look out in the distance and see a foreign army coming, they would blow on a trumpet, and that would be a warning for all the people in the countryside to rush inside the city where they would be safe and they would be secure. And the job of a watchman was very important. In fact, watchmen were were held accountable for people's lives. If a watchman saw danger coming and he blew on his trumpet, but people refused to listen, well, that was their own fault. God said their blood will be on their own head. But if that watchman saw danger coming and he didn't blow on his trumpet, if he didn't sound the alarm... Then God said, I will hold the watchmen accountable for their blood. 
This was serious. If you see danger, you need to sound the alarm. God's going to hold people accountable for other people's lives. And we get that. If it's somebody's fault for not setting off the alarms in Maui, that person should lose their job. And probably a whole lot more. Right? We get that. And yet God takes it a step further. He says it doesn't just work this way for physical danger, fires, hurricanes. He says it works this way for spiritual danger. A fire can hurt your body, but sin can destroy your soul. Jesus actually once tells his disciples not to be afraid of people who kill their bodies. That sounds kind of strange because that makes us afraid, right? But Jesus says, don't be afraid of people who kill your body because all they can do is send you to heaven. It's a good thing. But Jesus says, be concerned about whatever might, might send you to hell. Be concerned about whatever might hurt your soul. It's Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. If there's a need for sirens for tornadoes, God says there's also a need for sirens when it comes to sin and death and hell. If people need watchmen to watch out for physical dangers, we need watchmen to watch out for spiritual dangers. So this is what God told his prophet Ezekiel. He said, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. When I say to a wicked person, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that person will die for their sins, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you warn them to turn away from their sins, and they do not do so, that person will die for their sins, but you yourself will be saved. See how it works for Ezekiel? His job is to proclaim God's warning wicked person, you will die. If that person refuses to listen, well, that wasn't Ezekiel's responsibility. But if he refused to proclaim that warning, God would hold him accountable for other people's lives. I think this is something that we've lost in our society today. Watchmen, not for fires or hurricanes, but watchmen for sin. Watchmen for souls. It seems like we've decided that to speak against sin is unloving, right? Because love always accepts. Love always praises everything. If you love someone, you'll accept everything that they're doing. If you love someone, then you won't criticize anything. If you love someone, then you won't point out any sins in their life, right? No. Wrong. You see, true love is always tough love. Here's an example. A few weeks ago, I read the book, The Outsiders, for the first time. Have any of you ever read that book? I've heard it's actually the best-selling young adult book that has ever been written. I think most kids read it in middle school. I'm a little ashamed to say I'd never even heard of it until a few weeks ago, and I decided to read it. It's actually based right here in Tulsa, written by a Tulsa high school student. The Outsiders is kind of a sad, realistic story about teenage boys and their gangs. And two gangs of teenage boys are always fighting against each other. There's the rich kids and they fight against the poor kids. And the book is told from the perspective of a poor kid. His parents died when he was young. He was raised by his brothers. They just take care of themselves. And 
So it's a poor kid. He, he hates the, the rich kids. It seems like the rich kids have everything. They have cars. They have nice clothes. They even have parents. The rich kids have everything. Their life is easy. But in the book, the author shows us into the heart of one of those rich kids. His name was Bob. Bob did not have an easy life because his parents didn't love him. And do you know how Bob knew that his parents didn't love him? His parents never told him no. His parents gave him absolutely everything. And by the time Bob got to high school, he began to understand this. He understood that it was not good for his parents to give him everything. In high school, he longed for his parents to tell him no, but they never did. And so he would purposely do bad things. He would get drunk and stay out all night, just hoping that when he got home, his parents would care enough about him to punish him. But they didn't. They never told him no. And that's how Bob knew that his parents didn't love him. It's amazing is that the, the author of The Outsiders was just a 16-year-old girl in high school. And she understood this. She understood this, that true love is, is tough love. The Bible says the Lord disciplines those he loves. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. True love is tough love. If, if you love somebody, you're going to tell them no. If you love someone, you don't let them do whatever they want to do. If, if you truly love someone, that means that when the tornado sirens goes off, you're going to wake them up, even if it's 2 in the morning. Even if they get mad at you. Even if they don't want to get out of bed. Because you care about them that much. If you truly love someone, you're going to confront them about their use of alcohol. Even if they get mad. Because you care that much about them. If you truly love someone, you're going to ask them about their faith in Jesus. Even if they just laugh about it. Even if they blow you off. Because you care about them that much. True love is... Tough love. Now, of course, this works both ways. Sometimes we're the ones who need a warning, right? When God puts someone in your life to point out what you're doing wrong, how do you react? Do you say, thank you for being so concerned about me? Or do you get defensive? Make excuses. God loves you so much that he tells you No. God loves you so much, He doesn't want you to live however you want to live. Are, are you humble enough to repent? At the very same time, God has made you a, a watch person for other people. God's put people in your life for you to love and care for. Are you bold enough, kind enough to go to them and talk to them about their sins like Paul did for Peter? That must not have been easy to confront Peter. It's not have been easy, and yet he loved him enough to say, you're living a, against the gospel of, of Jesus. True love is tough love. I have to say that this, this at home for me, this last week as I was studying this, of course, God calls all of us to be watchmen in a certain way, but I think you'd agree, I'm the most like Ezekiel in this lesson, right? God's made me the watchman over people's souls as a pastor. It's been kind of a strange thing that's happened this year for me at our church. 
Just this year, there have been four different individuals or couples who started our, our Faith Builders membership class and then abruptly stopped and left because they've been upset about what I've taught from the Bible. It's happened four times just this year. That's more than it's happened any other year in my ministry. For one, it was the teaching of original sin. We do not believe that people are born sinful. We're going to find a church that doesn't teach that. For another, it was grace. The person said, Pastor, you cannot teach people that God's love is undeserved. We have to earn it. People need to earn God's love. For another, it was closed communion. He didn't like closed communion. Actually, he hated closed communion. He said, Pastor, this is the only church in the history of the world that doesn't let everybody come up and take communion. Which, of course, isn't true. But I couldn't, I couldn't convince him otherwise. For another, it was, it was evolution. I believe in God and in evolution. I'm going to find a church that teaches evolution. All of that. Just this year. You know what that makes me think? Maybe we shouldn't talk about all that stuff. What do you think? Maybe we shouldn't talk about those things that people don't like to hear. Well, one day I was complaining about this to one of my pastor friends, and he served as a watchman for me. Do you know what he said to me? He said, why are you more concerned about pleasing people than pleasing God? Watch out. Why are you all about trying to make your church grow? Watch out. You know, if we were to stop teaching some teachings from the Bible, I know that there'd be at least four people who'd be willing to come here. But you know what we would lose? We'd lose God. At least we'd lose the, the truth of God's word. That ultimately is the goal of all of this. The goal is God. The goal is to lead people to God. As a result of Ezekiel's preaching, the Israelites finally were willing to say, our offenses and our sins weigh us down. We are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? It's true, isn't it? Our sins, they weigh us down. We waste away. How can we live? And that's the question God wanted his people to ask. Because then God could say back, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die? Oh, people of Israel, the goal of all of this is God. God loves us. God wants us for himself. And so when we sin, God calls us to repent, to turn, to turn to him and live. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God loves you so much that he tells you when you're wrong? There's a place in Jesus' life, right before he died on the cross on Good Friday during Holy Week, when he looks out at the city of Jerusalem, and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. You hear the love in Jesus' voice? This is what he says to you and me, how I long to have you. How I long to live with you. How I long to have you live with me 
forever in heaven. This is why God puts watchmen in our lives. This is why God puts people in our lives to call us to account when we sin against God, to point us back to Jesus, our Savior, because he loves us so much. He wants us to to turn from sin and to live with him. Just, Just hear God's invitation. As surely as I live, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their evil ways and and live. God is not out to get you. God is out to save you. I bet a lot of us know what John 3.16 says. Do you know John 3.16? Can you say it together with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Good, I was, I was hoping somebody would be able to say that together with me. Now, do you know John 3:17? God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see what that's saying? God is not out to get you. God is out to save you. This is why Jesus came into the world to die on the cross, to win for us forgiveness and life and peace, to take all of our sins away and give us this promise that through faith in Jesus we have eternal life in heaven. This is why God's willing to put people in our lives to point out our sins. So we can see Jesus. We can find his forgiveness. We can find his life. True love is always tough love. I heard somebody put it like this, and it's always stuck in my mind. The person said, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but Jesus doesn't leave you the way you are. You ever heard that before? Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he doesn't leave you the way you are. You see, this tough love from Jesus is meant to, to change our hearts. Makes me think of when I, I saw a, a video of a barber who invited a homeless man into his barbershop. And this homeless man, when he came to the barber, he was a mess. He's got a beard like this and gnarled hair. He had scabs and scars over his face and arms, just wearing torn, dirty clothes. And the barber invited him into his shop and he, and he went to work. He trimmed his beard, he cut his hair, he pulled off his scabs, he washed his body, gave him new clothes. And within a couple hours, this homeless man looked like a professional businessman. It was amazing. That's what Jesus does for you and me. Jesus welcomes you just the way you are, but Jesus never leaves you the way you are. Jesus died for your sins on the cross. He washes them away in baptism. Jesus clothes you with his robes of righteousness. He puts his Holy Spirit into you. He puts his word into your heart and mind. Jesus welcomed tax collectors to him. But then he told them to leave their lives of greed and to find contentment in his grace. Jesus welcomed prostitutes to him. But then he told them to leave their adultery and to find fulfillment in his forgiveness. Jesus welcomed even self-righteous Pharisees to him. But then he told them to leave behind their pride and to find their identity in what Jesus had done for them. God welcomes us just the way we are, but he doesn't leave us the way we are. True love is tough love. 
That means that whenever alarms sound, somebody cares. When somebody is bold and caring enough to come up to you and say, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned that what you're doing doesn't reflect your faith in Jesus. Don't get defensive. Don't make excuses saying, thank you. I needed that. I need Jesus. When you see brothers and sisters in Christ whom you care about, don't, don't be afraid to go up to them and to say, I'm concerned about you. Concern that right now your life doesn't reflect what you say you believe about Jesus. Whenever alarms sound, it means somebody cares. Just like God cares about you. Surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? We have a God full of tough love. Amen. Let's say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in your word, you talk about the importance of watchmen. People need to sound the alarm. Dear Lord, I think as we look around our world, and even as we look at our own hearts, we, we need more watchmen today. We need more people bold and loving enough to tell us when we're wrong. Dear Lord, forgive us for the times we get defensive or make excuses when confronted with our sins. Instead, put in us repentant, humble hearts that confess our sins and trust in your forgiveness. Same time, forgive us for when we haven't been bold to show our love for others by pointing out the ways they're falling away from you. Give us humility and grace to speak your truth to others with the goal of bringing them back to you and to your forgiveness. Dear Jesus, May you fill our hearts and our lives with your tough love. In your name we pray. Amen.